G'day, g'day everyone. Welcome to the Chasing Travels podcast, where you can hear about all things travel, conservation, wild adventures, and anything and everything else in between. I'm Alicia, a full-time eco-traveler with a passion to inspire and teach others about this big, wide world that we live in. And I'll be chatting to people from all over the globe who will share their stories and get you excited and pumped up to get out there. All right, guys, let's get chasing. Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Travels podcast. Today, I have another excellent guest on the line. This is Chris. Now, he is on a mission to host global events that support people to live their best lives by getting them to connect to their mind, body, and soul. And he also has travel and the environment at the heart of his mission. So when we first met and I did some stalking on his Instagram, I was like, yes, we definitely have to jump on for a chat. Uh, Chris is a very busy man. He is the founder of Travel Fit. He's the host of the In Progress podcast and he is the facil- facilitator of retreats on the sunny shores of Queensland, plus so many more things that I've just learned that Chris is dipping his toes into. So, buddy, thank you so much for joining me today. How are we? Perfect. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Super stoked to dive into what we're going to go through today. Yeah, I'm so glad we could make it happen. I think we've tried to set like four or five dates and (laughs) one of us has got busy or haven't replied. And (laughs) We were both committed to making this happen. That was the main thing. (laughs) Exactly. And here we are. All right, Chris. So just so the listeners can learn a little bit about you. So where did you grow up? Where are you now? Tell us your story. I guess like my story starts and I I kind of like, I kind of dive into the, the starting story the same with most podcasts I've been on. So I grew up in a place called, I was born in Canberra. Actually, everyone knows Canberra, capital of Australia. If you don't know, a lot of people think Oh, it's not Sydney? (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people think it's Sydney. Um, So I was born in Canberra and I moved to a place called Orange in 2000. And Orange is a small, small country town, more of a city these days. Uh, So growing growing up there was always super interesting because you've kind of got that like, that hard style of, you know, eat concrete, um, get on with it no like you know I didn't even know what so many different things were when I was younger like today is a completely different world to the world that I grew up in um, so my journey kind of like grew up in orange from orange I kind of made my way to London for two years um, that was in 2015 till 2017 and then I made my my way to the Sunshine Coast in 2017 in December and ever since I've moved here, I've just stayed here. Like I'm one of those people and you probably get this as well. Like if you've traveled, you have this itch and you're like, oh, I've got to go to the next place. I'm mm-hmm. like um, an addict, I guess. Yes. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, just, just that, that thrill of seeing another country, meeting new people, experiencing new things. And, you know, ever since I moved to the Sunshine Coast, I've just found that it's just been a place that I can actually call home. So I'm always grateful for, for living here. That's amazing. And like, that's a bit of a different jump from small, well, I mean, small country town for a lot of people in the world, Orange, to the big hustling, bustling city of London. And then back to the coast. I've yeah, exactly. I've all three, really. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a bit of a culture shock for you going from small country town to London? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's so different. 
the, the the perspective of like you know living in orange where you've got kind of two roads you get a trade or you go to uni um and anything in between is wrong so going from that perspective of you know this is how it is this is how you you get your career and then you have a family and etc there's no real room for people who want to start a business or be entrepreneurial or they've got ideas or they're thinking outside the normal. So I always knew I never really belonged in Orange. It was never a place that I'd call home. It was more of an anchor I felt that was holding me back. So when I, I moved to London, it was like, whoa, like <laughs> there's other people like me. Like this is wild. People want to start businesses. There's so much entrepreneur, um, entrepreneurship over there and People just have this perspective over there where you, you ask some people and some people are like, oh, London's very dark and a lot of people are angry. Um, it, when you get in the heart of London, you see it's actually a really, it's a huge supportive community of people who are really just working towards their dreams. Everyone's got second jobs. They're all, most people have businesses um, unless you're in that corporate kind of uh, area. But for me, it, just the culture of, Every part of London had a different accent for one. Yeah. It's so strange. Um, so cool though. Um, and different multicultural populations in each area, which really allowed me to open my eyes and be like, wow, like this is cool. Like there's just so much harmony in a city that's always hustling and bustling. And, mm. you know, everyone's obviously got the same passion and, and mission towards like chasing their own desires, you know, even talking to a few people over there people moving from America, Canada, Australia to follow a modeling career or an acting mm -hmm. career or to generally just try and pitch their business idea to try and get some funding. And that's what really opened my eyes that I was not different like I thought I was in my country town. Yeah, yeah. And I just love in London too, like you can go and have uh, a proper English breakfast in the morning, lunchtime you can go to India and have a, a curry and then dinner, yeah. let's go and get some Japanese. Like you can go around the world yeah. in the whole city. <laughs> and that's so sick. Like I th it was what the West side, they've got like, I think it is, it's like African-American, like multicultural over there, but more from, can't tell you actually, can't remember now, but heavily influenced in one way. Um, and it was really cool. It was just cool to see like the traditions that have like kind of embedded over in that culture. Yeah, too. Yeah. Like nothing changes. Did you ever get to um, Camden Market? Yeah, Camden. Oh, oh Camden. <laughs> I remember Camden. the first time my sister and I went there and yeah, same sort of thing. Just, oh my gosh, we don't need to travel anymore at all. We can just come here every second weekend and just go around the world for lunch, yeah. breakfast, dinner, whatever. Did you ever go, there is this weird little shop and it's a robot shop. No. <laughs> it's it's so strange. I don't know how to describe it. It's like this like futuristic like clothing store. So interesting. But anyway, like you walk through it and then there's a downstairs area and there's blasting heavy as like rave music and people <laughs> dancing. And this is like 12 o'clock in the daytime. Yeah. And it's so strange. But if you like above like just the normal level, it's all these normal clothes. I just mm -hmm. remember that being like one of the highlights of Camden, just seeing this area. And I was like, wow, what, what is this place? What is this place? <laughs> Where am I? Oh, I'll have to go go back and check you it have out. To go back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so was London the first place that you went to overseas? Like was that your first big travel adventure? Yeah. So London was the first city in a new country for me. 
so yeah it was really cool like it was such a so interesting hey like like if you haven't traveled overseas and your first time you ever go to another country you're like why are these people talking differently to me (laughs) what slang are they using and like why do I not feel like this is like I feel also a little bit different because I'm just not used to the culture as well so it's just yeah like a huge culture shock and being like oh wow like there's like Australia's not the only place in this big globe that we're yeah we're living in we're all like ants yeah exactly exactly and just how different it all is but yet it all works and it it's all okay too like to be yeah. a bit this and a bit that and yeah whatever's going and what inspired you to go to London like did you just wake up one day and go ah oh, sounds good let's go let's go to England <laughs> well kind of to be fair but like <laughs> you know every there's like everything that like has a story those so obviously like when I was living in Orange, I never really felt kind of, I never felt like I belonged. Um, and you know, that came from different things, came from um, having, never having a dad. So I grew up without a dad. He left when I was born and my mom had to find a bifter. So she's not been able to walk. So growing up in that scenario, I never really felt like I belonged. Um, and these are what I call like, you know, the opportunities that allowed me to kind of expand my mind a little bit closer to when I was younger. Um, so I had things like that. Uh, experiences like that that really made me question a lot of things so from a young age I always knew I had to leave Orange I knew something that was not for me so I um, as I got older I realized wow like there's something else out there I should really explore it but I was too scared mm-hmm. and it wasn't really until um, I started my PT business and had a partner at the time and we uh, broke up as you do young love and anyway after that I so I had to like challenge myself a little bit more. I never read books. It's kind of questioning like, you know, like, well, who am I? What do I do? Like super anxious, super depressed. Um, and even like a little bit suicidal when I was younger. And mm. it wasn't until that, like I started to face my own reality of like how I could really shift my, my own identity and change my beliefs from someone who would drink every weekend um, and hang around bad people to, all right, well, how can I get the best day of my life and how can I shift my environment? So I read a book. That was the first step for me. Like, you know, I trained. I never really worked on my mindset. So I read this book called The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. And Great this book. unreal book, my favorite book of all time mm-hmm. ever. And it's got like such a, a personal touch to me. Like it, it's like in my heart. And it made me realize just by reading this book that everything's working the way that it needs to work but we also need to take into account that we are being given clues every day. Mm. And whether we pick up those clues or not, whether it feels right or feels wrong, we can decide whether we go down whatever path it is. And, you know, there was a few clues. I saw some ads for London. <laughs> that I wanted to go overseas. I checked the visas. I looked around at things I wanted to do in that country if I was going to go there. So I started to like visualize a life over there. Um, prior to actually making the decision, I was actually going to go work on a Steiner cruise ship as a PT. So I had like two paths I was going to go. Yeah. But after I read that book, The Alchemist, and just realized that it's it's always in the journey that we find the biggest treasure, um, I was like, all right, well, this is where my journey begins. And I bought a one-way flight by myself to go over there at the age of 22. And I was like, well, it is what it is. Worst case, I come back in like three months. Yep. And then two years later, 26 countries later, um, <laughs> I'm I'm here back in Australia and it was crazy. Like I can't even project like how much traveling just opened my brain, 
rewired a few things and just really shifted my perspective. Yes, I love that. That is why I'm so passionate about travel travel too. Like, you know, especially when I've taken people on tours and they have that moment, just that yeah. holy crap, like what? Or I haven't been how? living. Or, exactly, <laughs> yeah. This, that's how I used to live my life. Wow, I want to go home now and I'm going to do so many things. I'm going to change this and that. And yeah, you can just see that shift in them. So that's amazing for you. You must have just come back absolutely did you come back buzzing actually or did you come back a bit like oh okay crap what's next um and have that travel blues because that's something that is pretty common amongst us travelers we come home and it's all like yeah yeah you catch up with all your mates and then oh gosh uh, yeah. <laughs> reality yeah so in 2016 um i kind of had like i kind of realized like what my purpose was going to be before i came back to australia so that kind of made it a lot easier to kind of like not really be too down about coming back to Australia, but definitely it was definitely hard in the sense of like, obviously it's a big, big shock because like in London, like you, you used to, that's your home. Like that's what you've embedded yourself in and like, that's your identity. Like if I didn't have my visa run out, I definitely wouldn't have come back here. That's for sure. Like, yeah, it's, but now like my perpet perspective has like shift again because like now I don't I would never leave the sunshine coast yeah <laughs> but I'm always open to whatever opportunities are do come up because yeah. like you only get so many opportunities um that arise to move for a certain reason whatever it may be um but I do I definitely have like a lot of friends who did the whole traveling like you know went all around Europe and America and and Asia and you know it was I know it was really hard for them to come back to Australia because you've you've kind of lived this extravagant life of traveling to multiple places throughout a year and you know meeting new people and doing all these fun things it's it's honestly like you're in your own little dream world mm. and then when you come back to what we call reality then you kind of realize you're like oh you start to question everything about all right am i doing the right thing did i study the right degree um am i with the right partner whatever it may be mm. and from that that's when people start to have these these like i guess quarter life crises or whatever it may be as a traveler's blues perspective so i was really lucky i didn't have too too much of the blues but more or less i um just didn't feel at home yet i just needed some time to really embed myself in the community here yeah yeah and i think that's such a good trait to have too that you can um bit like chameleon mode like you've obviously got this ability to set yourself up and make somewhere a home like you're not kind of looking for that next place to call home and clearly you've done very well because you're a very busy guy building all these <laughs> businesses and um uh, which which we'll get to that so i love learning about the the inspiration behind what people are doing and if that was linked to travel so do you feel that that adventure and that trip that you did over to london it really it sparked this fire in you to start these little businesses that you you're kicking off yeah definitely i i always like you know there's a reason as well like why i kind of focus on like the and you know this is a really commercialized statement every gym every fitness retreat business any health holistic like everyone talks about mind body and self but the, the point of difference is that I, I really, I'm really firm on this and I really cement myself in like the integrity of this is that we actually do it. Mm. <laughs> like, because like, and I know that's such a bold statement and such an egotistic statement, but I really believe that we really hone in on those, the mind, body and soul perspective. And I'll explain why now, because like 
you know, when I when I was growing up, I've, I've kind of touched on like I used to be super anxious, super depressed, a little bit suicidal, and I didn't really know who I was. I'd had no identity. I was always trying to adapt to different friends, different environments. I was trying to feel welcome. I was trying to find my own home, and I never had that. So you know, going through that process of you know not knowing who I was, being in these emotional states. And trying to find happiness out of drinking and taking drugs and, you know, going down a, a destructive path. It wasn't really until I started to realize that working on yourself is the most powerful thing that you can do for yourself. So, you know, after I started training, that was the first bit. So training the body, that was a, a huge step for me. And it's, that's your entry level. A lot of people start with. Mm-hmm. And then traveling. So I started to fill my soul with, you know, some joy, some new experiences, started to shift my perspective. And then I started to work on my mind, reading books, educating myself, learning new courses. And then I started to work on that gave me the mindset thing. And that gave me the three principles to really alter my life. And ever from ever since that point, I I really do feel like that's the recipe that really helped me change my life fully and really cement myself in this new path that I was going. So when I was in London, you know, I was there for a year, it was 2016. Uh, and I was like, shit, like I'm going back home in a year. Like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, do I really want to be a PT for the rest of my life? Do I want to get a trade? Do I want to get a degree? Do I want to have a family? Like, what is it? And I was walking back from a, a gym in, in London, in the east side of London, uh, in a place called Leightonstone and it was called Muscle Hut. And I laugh every time I call this gym Muscle Hut. And I just <laughs> think it's funny because every time I say Muscle Hut, it, it honestly, like, it brings up this picture, this this experience I had there. I was the skinniest, whitest dude there and there was all these big black dudes, like, and, like, they would look like scary dudes. But when I was in there, they were the nicest dudes in the world and I was so happy and they're like, Chris, hey, how are you? Really high, like, high pitch voice, super lovely, super welcoming. And it's like, that was a, a kind of like, that's just something like a really fun memory of mine of like making me realize that you're welcome anywhere and not to judge people by their, their external and only by their internal. So I'm walking back and you know, I'm like, all right, well, what am I doing? And I started to ask myself some questions. What, what could I do that would impact myself and give me the life of my dreams, but also impact other people to give them fulfillment and see them change and make me feel like I'm on a mission that does have, you know, purpose. And I was like, all right, well, if I had to pick three things to focus on, I'd pick mind, body, and soul. What does mind, body, and soul look like? All right, mind in this, the sense of mindset changing, uh, changing your perspective, shifting your wires, really recalibrating the computer program that we've, you know, been conditioned to have from an early age, body in the sense of uh, training, nutrition, uh, to really work on the internal and the external. And then soul being the biggest one, because that's when the real, that's when we create like an emotional attachment to a new identity, a new situation, a new value, mm. a new belief. So, that, you know, so in the sense of traveling, jumping off a cliff, challenging yourself, you know, going through different journeys that really show you what living is. And then from that point, I was like, all right, well, what would it be called? And I was like, travel fit. Perfect. And it was like, that was it. That was the moment. And like, you know, even saying it now, I get little goosebumps because like, <laughs> It's crazy. The word like just clicked so well. And it's from that moment on, I never really felt a, I would say a a pull towards pursuing a career or, or a purpose in something that would be a business perspective. Mm -hmm. 
um, in the sense of like, I never really feel pulled to do something in business. But ever since I said travel fit in that moment, I was like, wow, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be huge. Yeah. And I don't know how yeah. in time I was just like, I'm just going to do something. And I was like, all right, maybe food, food vans or maybe workouts on the go or maybe workout backpacks or mm-hmm. foam rollers or whatever it is. And it wasn't really until I moved back to Australia that I, I started in 2000. So for like two years, I was just embedding these visions of like, all right, what's going to look like? What's the experience going to be? Um, what's my role? How can I, you know, whatever, just visualizing everything, every little detail, dreaming about it, writing it down, like full obsession with this thing. <laughs> I knew it was going to be something. And I moved back to Australia and, you know, getting a job on the coast at that time was quite hard. And I was like, all right, well, applied for 50 plus jobs. It's been three months. I can't get anything. So I started my PT business up and I was like, all right, we'll do this. This, this will um, kind of be a starting point And then I can just kind of go from there. And from that point, I then put myself fully into work where I was working 18 hour days. I'd walk to work. I get up at three 30 in the morning, walk to work. I'd go home. I'd leave the gym at about seven 38, walk home and take about an hour to get, get to work each day. So I did that for three months. Um, and I was just working continuously, embedding myself in this identity that work was my safe haven. Yeah. Until I had, um, I wouldn't say a stroke, but I'd say very similar to a stroke. So I wasn't classified as having a stroke. Wow. But I lost um, feeling in half my body at work. I uh, had like a regular heartbeat. I couldn't lift myself up, and I got taken out of the hospital to uh, out of the the gym in an ambulance to hospital. Holy so I was like. Uh, a pretty scary moment for me yeah. where I was like, wow, the body isn't as invincible as I thought. And I'm 25 at the time. Mm. And I was like, I'm not invincible. And is this really the path that I want to continue to go down? Yeah. And anyway, I got out of hospital. Uh, the next day I went back to work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. It's a silly thing to do. And, you know, from that point, I, I, you know, reduced my hours. I started to work more on my own internal again because I was obviously not looking after myself enough. But from that point, that's when the retreats were born. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, wow, I need to do something that's going to actually not only influence me to change my life, to look after my myself, but also help other people who keep burning out in business and in life. And they feel like maybe they're just like, you know, putting themselves to the the side so that was the kind of start of the experiences and then from that point it just kind of went into like all right let's build a community and then i started to create all these cool little events like breathe and connect hikers club runners club workouts mindset stuff um all these different events that allowed people to really have those those soul experiences the Mm -hmm. things that shift their perspective and allowing them to be like wow like i would never do this Mm -hmm. and then they do it and they're like this isn't lame. This is sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and like that, you said, just actually yeah. doing it, like getting people 100%. there and going running. We're going to go climb Mount Cool and we're yeah. going to go to the Noosa Hinterlands. Just doing something different that allows people to really shift their perspective. Mm. And, and that, yeah, that kind of brings us to today of where we are in the process, you know, making a, a community um, membership at the moment where people will have access to a multiple array of events every week where they can now have a community that I wish I had when I was in orange. Yep. Yeah. Great. Feel, 
feel accepted for who yeah. you are and what you want to do. And I think what I love about incorporating the community side of it is these people are coming in and it's probably going to be scary as, you know, if you're coming in by yourself to a new environment, new people that you don't know, but then you just click with these people because they're all there and they've all probably got the same thing going through their head. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous, but I want to give this a go. And then they're, they're putting themselves in that uncomfortable zone, but it actually feels so right once they get going and that whole committing to it and actually doing it which I think goes back to traveling too. Like, you know, once you buy that ticket, you're going. Like, you're yeah. on that plane and then you arrive into an airport. No one's speaking the language. You don't know what money you've got in your hand. You're like, we're here. We're, we're uncomfortable. <laughs> How much is 200 drums in with? I don't, I can't remember. <laughs> we were only talking about it yesterday with some friends, like, you know, going to these countries that we were talking about Bali opening up and like 50,000. Uh, rupiah and someone's yeah. like well why would they make it so difficult i don't know but you just go yeah that's about five bucks and you want fifty thousand. Yeah. okay sure like i'm not arguing over. like a high roller it's yeah exactly <laughs> uh that's epic chris and i i just love that it all stemmed from travel too because you know mm. it's yeah it's just it's amazing what travel can do and i think especially for i feel for some of the kids and teenagers and, and young leaders in this time um, that they've been very restricted for how far they can go and how broad they can sort of spread their mind. Once the world does open up, I think things like this are exactly what people need to get involved with, like traveling or, you know, coming up from Sydney where you grew up and stay for a week on the Sunshine Coast, do one of your events, connect with amazing people and, yeah, just really see what what it is that they like. And, you know, what? if we don't try it, we don't know. Hey, like um, I'm a big believer in that too. Like how how do you know you like one ice cream flavor if you don't have a bit of a play and try all the samples first? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you know, like that that's why this I think it's so cool that there's so many other cool things like what I'm doing and you're doing and so many other people are doing yeah. for other time. Where we live in in like a world that there's never been more opportunities to change your life, yeah, or shift your perspective, or change your career or whatever it may be like we are so lucky and i think mm. it's been a while that like you know we we do get stuck in this this victim mentality and it you know a lot of people don't like to hear that because like it's rough and it's rude and it is what it is but you know sometimes you got to realize that you you're worst own enemy and mm. if you really want to shift your life and change your story and then you need to become the main actor in your own movie yeah i love that did you did you make that quote up no, no, I've heard that off a few people now. <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't heard that one. Say it again. Uh, if you want to change your life, you have to become the main actor in your own movie. The main actor in your own yeah. movie. I love it. There I, you go, folks. Said in, in my brain, that was one of the, like, the most impactful quotes I've ever heard. Ah, I, Do you really know who stood. said it? I actually feel like it might have been Joe Rogan. Yeah. There you go. I'll it have to look it up. There was that and there was Will Smith. Okay. If I'm, if I'm uh, versing you on a treadmill die before i give up <laughs> which is also one that i'm really embedded in my life because i will not like i'm i'm a fun competitive dude um but also really committed to yeah making it happen yeah i love that and i think that's well that is why your business and your your mission i don't want to say business because i like yeah. how you've said you're not in it for the business side of it you're in it to do something that you love and also help other people explore their opportunities and connect yeah. with their mind body and soul um, good on you. And what about flipping it? So when we're traveling, how do we stay healthy? 
in the mind and on the body because I know me backpacking I was not having health as my <laughs> my main mission I was like adventure party meeting people yeah, yeah you, I'm sure you know how it goes <laughs> oh, of course like you know and I th- I think that's a huge thing to touch on as well like this this in no means like means that you need to you know stop drinking or stop partying or do whatever it is it just means that you just create a balance that suits your lifestyle mm. you know the way that I kind of stayed fit when I was traveling in different countries was I just used body weight. Like, you know, I was just mindful of doing one 45 minute session a day wherever I traveled and it could be as simple or as hard as you want to make it. Mm-hmm. I find we get stuck with the excuse of, oh, I'm traveling. I don't want to do it because like it'll take too much time or I just don't know what to do. But what if I said to you, all you had to do was 10 push ups, 10 squats and 10 lunges every day for a year. Mm. You get more progress from that than you would you know, say that takes 20 minutes, you get more progress from that than going in the gym, running on a treadmill for half an hour. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're consistent with something versus being up and down with it. And I think that's the the biggest thing when it comes to training too, when we look at habits and behaviors is if it's not sustainable, people aren't going to do it. So if you make something as easy as possible and to a standard, of course, you know, then people are going to commit to it because we can all do a 15 minute workout and do that every day. And that's one going to build resilience in yourself to know that you can do something every day and that's going to create a stronger habit to do it every day. But two, it's going to work on, you know, your, your aerobic capacity, your strength. You're building a stable foundation that allows you to be healthy on the go, um, mm-hmm. externally, internally. But when it comes to food as well, like it's just about choices. Like it's hard for. <laughs> To be honest, for travelers, like I remember I was eating a lot of bread on the yes. go. Yes. <laughs> like, Budget travel. Crazy. Yeah, there's so many carbs. Uh, but I think just being mindful, just making sure when you are traveling, like, you know, you don't have to spend a million dollars, but just being mindful that you're eating, you know, some, some fruit and veg on the go because those are the things that have, you know, your vitamins and minerals. And your vitamins and minerals are the things that keep the engine going. It's not mm. the fuel. Like it's not about the calories. The calories in are important, but if you're throwing shit in your body, then it's not going to serve you. Like if you have, say, Maccas or you have like chocolate and lollies and stuff all the time, there's like, there's this, I would live by the rules like 70 30. Mm-hmm. It's usually 80 20, but I live by 70 30 because I'm, I'm real about it. I like to indulge. I like a burger. I like a pizza. Um, but if you live by that, then you can be like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to have, veg and whatever and then i'll have my treat there and i'll drink here and like whatever it is and next day after you drink go for a run do a 15 minute workout make sure the next day that you you hydrate yourself more Mm. just giving back to your body and just helping it recover that the other thing to kind of do as well is, is um or be mindful of sorry is every time that you have something that isn't whole produce and this is gonna be sound horrible but if it's got some acidity, acidity in it or something or toxins or whatever it is, it's like inflaming the gut. Mm. So people wonder why like they have bad gut health or, or they wonder why like they're getting sick. It's because there's no vitamins and minerals going into the body. Their body's not getting these things that helps their body actually function. Mm. Um, so if you are finding that maybe, you know, you're struggling getting bad gut health or whatever it is, just start to take it back down to the basics, maybe for a few days, like be mindful of what you're consuming. Mm. Uh, go a little bit strict for a bit there or a week if you need to while you're traveling and then like indulge a bit because you know your body will come back 
to get you in the end after your travels and you'll be sick for a month versus yeah. just for a few days. Exactly. And I think too that like, you know, we all want to travel for longer mm. and, you know, if you're if you're sick, you're going to be locked up in your room for three or four days yeah. as opposed to not going too crazy and, yeah, like you say, keeping that balance of 70-30. Enjoy, enjoy it life. more exactly and it's like i try not you know there's so many other different avenues we can go down in detail but it no one's going to commit to it so like you like there's no point in going down into the deeper yeah. detail of all no one's going to put you know apple cider side of vinegar in their back and no. have these little routines and these little schedules like it's just it, it it's it for the average traveler it's not going to happen maybe yeah. for like you know your, your fit pro um, or really mindful people who who really value that for sure. Um, but speaking general demographic wise, I think just stick to basics, keep it simple, and that's going to be more beneficial to you than trying to take the world on at once. Yeah, and you want to enjoy it too. Um, like and you, know, you don't want to be because... missing out on the the local pizza because you're in Italy and you're like, well, yeah. I can't eat pizza, I've eaten yeah. too many carbs. Like your travel, uh, sorry, food 100%. is part of travel. So yeah. Keeping that mindfulness of balance, perfect. 100%. Each dish, like, represents something new. Um, I do want to go back to your retreats too. So uh, another passion of mine is is getting out in in nature and, you know, inspiring people to step outside and spend 10 minutes out in the sun or, you know, if it's a windy day, go outside and feel that wind on your skin and, you know, through your hair. Um, (laughs) And I want to know with you doing your retreats outside, like obviously I follow you on Instagram and, and saw that last retreat was in an absolutely amazing place. Do you find that hosting these events out in an environment like that versus say in a hall or in a gym, do people come away with more from that versus the alternative? From a PT's perspective in like hosting events in gyms and stuff, I feel that those environments are really restrictive and uncomfortable if you're trying to get someone to relax. Yeah. Whereas we're really lucky, like this property that we use for the day at Sprint, it's a, it's a fully private secluded property that I rent. And yeah, so we're so lucky. It's literally got like Obi Obi Creek that flows through it. We've got a waterfall, forest, bamboo forest, like three houses it's just ridiculous um it cost a bloody fortune but so worth <laughs> <I> it <bet>. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that i see with having that that location is it creates a safe space mm. and because there's so much nature around we're so secluded and like it, it's just a really peaceful place for people to one grounds like you know reconnect with their roots connect with the earth like be so i guess embedded in one place and present yeah you know, there's no stimuli, there's no music, there's no TVs, there's no artificial light. It, you're actually in nature. You're re, recalibrating, you know, your, your circadian rhythms. So, that, you know, the things that like obviously get us to sleep at night and wake us up and regulate our body, bodily fun, function. Sorry. Um, like there's so much to just being out in nature, being out in the sun, getting vitamin D, like the fresh air, being able to just be in a place that we were born to be in yeah versus this concrete jungle that's been made for us to be in yeah yeah i love that and uh for those that aren't following chris go and follow his account because you should see this place where the retreats are like (laughs) if i'm going to be in queensland next time when your retreat is on i'm coming because it's incredible it looks like you're in another (laughs) world honestly 
I mean, no, it looks like you're in Australia. Australia is so beautiful. Where can people follow you, Chris? Where can they find you and and get involved? So we have um, two Instagram accounts. There's the uh, Trailfit Global on Instagram, and that's our, our main account. And that kind of shows like what events we're doing, any updates, uh, the, the Trail Fit mission and story. And then we have another account that I've, I've just kind of created called Trail Fit Tribe. And that's where I upload the whole Trail Fit Tribe. So people who tag us in photos, who have been to our events, who have been to the retreats. And it just showcases like the community that is around Trail Fit. And it really, I feel it helps people see that, you know, if you see someone on there that you're like, oh, I've seen them around town. Just say hello. Be yeah. like, go. You went to a travel fit thing. <laughs> I went to a travel fit thing. That's cool. We're like, we're brothers. We're sisters. We're family now. We're in the tribe. Should we go get a coffee? Should we hang out? Like, yeah. That, that's what I'm after. I'm after like showcasing like no awkwardness and being like, oh, like I, I might say hello. Hmm. No, like go <laughs> go say yeah, hello. Exactly. I love it. I love. I'm the person that says, "Oh yeah, you followed me last week on Instagram. Yeah, you I liked remember. an old photo of mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I yeah, you stalked like not in a bad way, but being like, no, I've seen you around, kind of thing. Just bring the table because like I'm I'm just so about being honest. Yeah, and just being like. Let's let's cut through the bullshit and be like, look, I'm stoked to meet you now. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's the the world that we live in now. All right, so travel fit global. All righty, guys, and that's and a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tribe. If you got any yeah, value from this, you learned something, or maybe you laughed yeah. just a little bit. All right, I've got one final Hit question. Hit the subscribe for you, button, and I'll be share it on your socials, one. and if make sure that you tag me, Alicia Petrie. That's it from me. See you next week. Have a ripper day and get out there and get chasing. It's not about what people think of you or what you've done. It's about what you do right now.